invite him to encounter you tonight. Invite him just to change you forever. You know, you're never supposed to be in the presence of God and leave the same. Thank you, God. I grew up very healthy. And I, I did um, a lot of tennis, was doing well in school, and things were pretty good. Um, but I, I had also learned a message that you needed to you needed to do things really well. Like you didn't get something for nothing. I learned like you have to do well in school, you have to do well in sport, and and I felt this 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 drive to perform and and, and be good at things. And when I was when I was 15, uh, I got sick and. As you do when you're 15, you think, I'm just sick for a couple of weeks and it's going to go away, but it didn't go away, it just got worse. I woke up in the morning, my, my legs would just give way and I'd just collapse and I was just like, God, what is going on? You know, what's happening? And um, after a while, I was diagnosed with a neurological disease called ME. It meant I was in, in constant pain in my body. It meant that I had a, a huge amount of fatigue I could only walk a few steps and my legs would give way. I had to use a wheelchair when I actually wanted to do things. At times I was too sick to even watch TV because it was just too much stimulation. I went from being able to do everything for myself uh, to having my, my mum and dad need to cut up my food for me, to help me wash my hair. Everything in my life changed from being able to go to school and have friends to being in bed for months at a time on my own. And in that time, I was like, if God is real, then why is this happening to me? God, if you're there, then why is this happening to me? I'd never been told that you could actually encounter God. I just thought he was a concept that you believed in just, so, just in case he didn't go to hell. But as I cried out to him, I actually felt him show up in my bedroom. And I felt his arms of love wrap around me. And I felt his comfort and I felt his presence for the first time. And I, I said, you know, I want to give my life to this Jesus. And I ended up getting baptized, but I didn't get well in that moment. I was still really sick, and, but I felt him. I felt his presence. A couple of years into having this disease, I found out that God healed people. And so... I thought, sweet, I could do with that, you know, I want my life back. And so I, I asked God to heal me, and nothing happened. I had people pray for me, and nothing happened, and I didn't have anybody telling me any good theology, so I figured it must be because I wasn't doing something right, because as I said before, I'd grown up being told you don't get something for nothing, it's all about what you do, how good you are. And so I, so I figured, okay, I, I guess I need to read my Bible more. So I tried to read my Bible more, and nothing happened. And so I thought, well, I, I guess I need to pray harder. And nothing happened. And I remember saying, God, if you heal me, I'll share my testimony in front of hundreds of people, and you'll get all the glory. Which sounds great, but it was just me trying to bargain with God. It was just me saying, God, if you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. 
God doesn't need my marketing plan. Thank you, Jesus. This went on for five and a half years. Sick for five and a half years. And then God said, started speaking to me and he said, Ruth, I don't want to heal you because of anything you've done. I don't want to heal you because of anything you will do. He said, I don't even want to heal you for a testimony. He said, Ruth, I want to heal you because I love you. My healing to you is a love gift. It started to change everything in my mind. Making it change from something I had to earn from a reward into a gift from a loving father. I then had this encounter with God where he reminded me of a time when I was lying in bed. And I was, I was crying because I was in a lot of pain. And I was frustrated that this was my life. And my dad was sitting on the edge of my bed and my dad was crying. My dad was saying, I, I just want my little girl back. I just want my little girl back. If I could just wave a magic wand and take what you have and have it myself, then that's what I would do. God spoke to me in that moment. He said, Ruth, I'm your dad. And Jesus did take it on the cross so that you could be well. Again, changed everything in my mind from thinking I had to convince God to do this for me based on how good I was to realizing, oh my goodness, he's like my dad, but even better. He wants me to be well. And the next day, I, I was hugged by a lady called Heidi Baker. And in this hug, I felt more love than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I remember being so confused because I'm like, this lady doesn't even know me. How can I feel this much love? And I I know I was feeling the love of God through her. She hugged me for ages. And I said, please, can you pray for my Emmy? She said, it's gone. She said, that's what I was praying for. That you're going to be able to run and walk again. She said, go and buy yourself some running shoes. And I fell to the ground, just crying my eyes out. crying my eyes out and then I got my life back in that moment and and after a little while I stood up and I started worshipping God for the first time without pain, without my legs giving way for five and a half years and the song I taste and see that the Lord is good was on and I just started worshipping Him and loving on Him and I drove home from that meeting that day screaming my head off <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs that I had my life back and the next day, I started seeing miracles through my life, but the reason is I learned something that day, and I learned about the grace of God. I learned that He doesn't bless me because I'm good, but because He's good. I learned that He paid the price so that I didn't have to. He started speaking to me about this, applying to so many areas in my life. He's like, Ruth, you've done this with hearing from me. You don't think you'll hear from me unless you've read your Bible enough, unless you've done this enough, unless you've prayed enough. But I'm your dad, and what kind of dad does not want their child to hear their voice? What kind of dad withdraws their voice from their child to teach them a lesson? Not a good one. Loving fathers would love them and speak to them. They want want their child to know them, and they want to know them. 
Ruth, you do this in so, so many areas where I say, I want to give you a gift and you make it into a reward, into a, it's something you've earned. But what you do is you change who I am because you change me from being a good father that gives good gifts to their children to a father that gives a gift with a payment plan attached to it that says you still owe me this, this, and this. The cross was enough. I love that Galatians 2.21 says, if, if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. If you could gain your own right standing with, Je- with Jesus through your own good works, then there was no point in Jesus dying. And sometimes we say, okay, he did it, but then we have to, we have to now do everything and be right, otherwise he'll, he'll withdraw that from us, and it's not true, it's a gift. It's not a gift with a payment plan attached to it. I feel like tonight, there's a group of, of people who are meeting and we're interceding and we're praying, but we need to know that we're not praying from a place of trying to earn what we already have, but we're learning to access what he paid for. And that's the difference between being an orphan and being a son. Orphans don't know what they have access to, so they're always trying to get things. A son is just learning how to open the fridge and make the food that they already have access to. Right? The food that their mom and dad went out to work to pay for so that they could make it. It's the same when we pray. He wants us to know, hey, I'm a good dad. I'm willing to be with you. I want to do those things. I'm just looking for a willing vessel who's willing to receive my grace. I'm going to pray for you. And we're we're going to, I'm actually going to invite, I'm going to invite Becca up. I'm just going to pray for you. And she's going to share something on this. And we're going to um, go into an encounter together. God, I thank you that it's easier than we think. God, Holy Spirit, just invite an increase of your presence right now. An increased awareness of your grace. Romans 5.17 says, Those who receive the abundant provision of his grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life those who receive. Jesus, make us generous receivers this evening. Just say, God, make me a generous receiver today. Make me a generous receiver today. I want to be a generous receiver of your goodness, of your grace, of your love, of your voice, of your righteousness. I didn't know he healed. 
That wasn't that wasn't part of. He, maybe he did it out in in the missions field or something. And I would, I loved those stories and I craved them. And I didn't know I had access to it. I had no idea I had access to that grace. And then one day when I was at, uh, I was done. I was 21 years old. I knew I couldn't make it another year at university. All I did on my time off was sleep and get IVs. I was was praying with a friend, and I encountered Jesus like never before, and it took him a second to change my life. It took him just a second. But then after that, I I was learning to live. I felt like a little puppy dog tripping over my paws. So excited. I had a silly notion that God had already shown his goodness to me and I never needed it again. That I, that I already had enough. I had enough of his goodness and he needed to spread it around. And I never asked for anything more. Because I, I had my healing. I had my life. Now, now I could go on. I could go out. I could start doing things. And I, and I did. I, I did. I went and I, I moved to Asia and did missions work and and man, I sure believed in the goodness of God for other people. I was so confident in His love for someone else that I left my family and moved to Asia. <laughs> There's a lot that goes with that. But I, I didn't know I had permission to come to Him as a daughter. I didn't know that the best thing for everyone around me was that I encountered his goodness for me every single day. I didn't realize that the best place to pray from, the best place to worship from, the best place to live life from was encountering his love for myself every single day. And he he doesn't lack anything. There's not a lack of his goodness. There's not a lack of his love so that if he spends some on me, there's less for you. In fact, the more I encounter him, the more I experience him and his goodness, the more I become like who he created me to be. And the more I become like Christ. And that's actually better for you. That's, it's better for you if I experience Christ every day. If I experience his love every day. And the thing about his love is it's extremely powerful. The most powerful thing I can know is his love for me. And when I get that in my mind, more than that, when I get it from my heart and start living out of here, crazy things start happening. And I, instead of begging God to do something that he probably wants to do, oh man, I used to pray for the nations. I would pray for it with such sorrow such weight oh God if you would rend the heavens and send send your workers into the field oh God there's times to cry out to the Lord there are there's times of weight and burden and there are times of sorrow I'm not trying to say there aren't but those are momentary because of the truth and matter is joy is so attractive and that's that's my birthright joy is my birthright <laughs> And when I pray from a place of joy and knowing who I am and knowing his love for me and from encountering that love, people flock to it. Principalities fall. Chains are broken. 
and I have fun. I can actually leave time of prayer and feel like I can take on the world instead of like I've just poured out all of my last drop of energy. Encountering his love, encountering his goodness is, is warfare. In fact, for me, the greatest warfare looks like worship. Just coming before my daddy and saying, oh, Father, I love you so much. I love you so much. I worship you that you would be in every place. And he loves it. He partners with us and he inhabits that praise. And he agrees. He's like, yeah, it's a good idea. And when I'm in that place, he goes and does all the work. And then he, he commends me for it. He said, you did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. It's like my parents. I know when I was little, I would try to help clean. <laughs> and how many parents have like a three-year-old or a four-year-old that helps clean? It's more work. <laughs> but you're so proud of that heart. You're so proud of that that idea of wanting to partner with you and do your work that you're like, so good you help me so much and in fact you're so filled with joy and love that it's not really that much work and that's the place that's the place where I come to him from that's the place where where we we access intercession we access the things of the spirit say God how much do you love me so right now we're going to just kind of go into our own time of encounter because we really feel like there's this, there's an atmosphere of encounter in the room. There's already some of you being encountered by the Lord. And so just stay comfortable or get more comfortable. And you can close your eyes. And the living God is going to encounter you because there's nothing more wonderful in his eyes. There's nothing more. He's been waiting for this all day. He's been waiting for a moment to tell you how much he loves you. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. We're just going to use our imagination a little bit. It's sanctified and we have the mind of Christ. He loves meeting us there. Just picture picture Jesus before you, like he came into, the, like he's physically in the room before you. See, I see, just he's holding out his hand to you right now, and he's taking you out the back door, <laughs> and he's taking you to a beautiful garden, exactly what you would want to find. He's made it just for you. There's more than that, though. He wants you to explore. And he leans over and he says, Oh, I love you. All of this is for you. I want 
gosh, I want to show you. I'm so excited to show you this. And he leads you into his father's house. There's your dad, your, your father. He loves you so much. And the father says, I've been waiting to tell you this all day. I've been waiting to tell you how much I love you. So go ahead and just ask him, Father, how much do you love me?
the reality of God's love for you. many of you just encountered, just had an encounter with God? Just put your hand up. This is, this is not to, to do anything. I'm just trying to get an idea of how, how, how familiar you guys are with this stuff. We're going to do another one of those at the end and we're going to... That's amazing, by the way. <laughs> Actually, does anybody have something they would, love to, they would like to share just really fast? What did, what did God just show you? Yeah, Joyce, come on up. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? My name's Heather. <laughs> what did God show you, Heather? Um, one of the boxes <coughs> I opened and uh, I heard applause. <sighs> and he said, whenever you come here, you always have approval. Oh, Jesus. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just release unconditional acceptance, love, and approval over everybody? That's a gift that we all can receive. Who else would like to share something that God showed them? The great thing is when we actually hear what, what God has shown us, our personal breakthrough becomes corporate breakthrough. Yeah, come on up. Get a row right here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I sat up in his lap and he gave me... Um, a, point, a pair of point shoes, pink point shoes or satin, <laughs> and um, and a ballet tutu. It's like, yeah, I wanted you to have those when you're five, but they're yours now. You're my dancer. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you, God. <laughs> Anybody else like to share? <laughs> yeah, come on up. Somebody else wants to share. You can just you can just join up here for a second, and we'll. The two gifts he gave me were acceptance and benevolence. Wow! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. There's a theme about acceptance. He is a good dad. Hmm. Anybody else? It doesn't have to be a gift, even even just anything he told you or showed you or any just aspect of God you just you just received, you just learn about. Yeah, come on, Mary Lee. I love this lady. <laughs> She's amazing. It's like Indiana mom. <laughs> um, I think the thing that surprised me is. Uh, you know, just going to the Father's house, and then when um, Rebecca said, no, Jesus is going to take you back to the garden, I didn't want to go. I just, it was just, it was so wonderful there, and I started to cry. <laughs> Thank you, God. You guys, you know the amazing thing is that we just did a, a quick encounter to, to show you what's available every day to you. And you don't need, you don't need any of us to, to take you there. Now, this is actually what our prayer time looks like. 
you know, my prayer time with God is, God, I, I want to meet with you. Daddy, what do you want to show me today? And the thing is, sometimes we, we confuse things a little bit in our minds because we think it can't be that easy. Like right now, I'd love everybody just to picture a pink elephant. And when you picture a pink elephant in your imagination, would you put your hand up? Just picture a pink elephant. Okay, awesome. So everybody is able to picture a pink elephant. That is the exact same place that we can hear from God on. That, you see, that, that imagination thing that, that Becca said that our imagination is sanctified. And sometimes we think hearing from God should be this big, booming voice, right? But actually, your imagination is sanctified. And it also says that we, we're learning to hear his voice. So it's okay that if sometimes we get it a little wrong, you know. But actually, if what, is, what you're seeing is, is love, and you're seeing the, his acceptance, and you're seeing his goodness, and you're seeing things that encourage you, it's probably the Lord. But so often, we, we try and second-guess things, and we think, it can't be that easy. <laughs> can't be that easy but that's the way he speaks to us a lot of the time he speaks in all different ways some of you there may not have seen anything but you just felt peace on you you just felt oh feels nice <laughs> i may not be seeing what you're saying but it feels nice that's that's an encounter with god and we need to make sure i'm going to talk about this in a second but that we're not comparing one encounter with another because Becca sharing her story or, or Mary Lou sharing what just happened with her is, is, is not to show anything different, but it's to invite you in there too. But we just celebrate the fact that it's different with each other. And when you actually celebrate the way some, somebody hears from God, you actually allow yourself to receive that. But you need to celebrate what you already have sometimes too. Because that orphan thing will tell you, you don't have that, you don't have that, and you forget what you do have. And instead of thanking him for what you have and him allowing to add things, you're always looking for the next thing. His presence is such a great gift, isn't it? Thank you, God. I don't want to move from this place. <laughs> it feels good right now. I just want to share something with you while we're in this place that I felt like was important to share. And There's um, this painting here. It's one on the far right. What? I don't know what's... The computer did. This is, this is from the Lord. <laughs> so this, this painting, right? Is anybody, is anybody in the room that did that? Okay, that's fine. We're going to pretend for um, the sake of this illustration that it was Jane. Uh, <laughs> this is yours. Okay, we're going to do two things. I'm looking at this painting, and Jane's, the, Jane's the, the one that painted it. And I go, that is a horrible painting, Jane. It's, 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 it's disgusting. I hate the colors. I, it just doesn't, I don't even want to look at it, but I love you. You're one of the most amazing painters. I just want to give all the glory to you. Disgusting, but you're amazing. Like this, this has no value to me, but you do. You're the best painter in the world. Terrible painting. Okay, do you feel glorified? <laughs> okay, illustration number two. Wow, 
This is an incredible painting, Jane. I, I love what you've done. I love what you've done with the colors. I love how, it, it, for me, it just, it represents the, like the presence of God and just the, the goodness of God. It, it's so beautiful. Like, I love, I love how you did that. It's amazing. Do you feel glorified now? Do you see how God is the painter? God is actually the, our creator. But so often we're worried about being prideful, so we think we have to, to think less of ourselves so that he gets glory. And we think, we think we're, we're bad paintings so that God feels glorified, but that's not how it actually works. God says he knitted you together in your mother's womb. God, God created you to be incredible, and he created you to be significant. And actually, when you realize that, he gets glory. I remember one time I was lying in bed and I, I used to think about all the things I could have done better that day. And I was like, oh, Ruth, you're so rubbish. And God spoke to me and he's like, never call what I made rubbish. Never call what I made rubbish. And I was like, oh. And I never said that to myself again from, from that moment forward. And I still need to remember, you know, sometimes with self-talk, but I'm like, actually that's not right if God who is perfect and amazing he created me then then I need to believe that he created something good which means he were created in his image <laughs> every one of us is created in his image and I, I feel like again this this thing that, that Rebecca was talking about and we're talking about not striving and all these things that that comes from a place of knowing your significance knowing actually my prayers move heaven because I'm a loved son or daughter of the King of Kings. And I'm allowed to, to know that there's greatness on my life, not because I created it, but because I was made by the greatest one. Does that make sense? Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody else want to share anything before we, before we transition? You want to share? Awesome. Actually, while, while she shares, if you want to grab a pen and paper, if you've got one available to you, that would be really good. Just when you're talking about people get things in different ways, and I'm a word person. I'm a picture person, too, but just words are significant. And it's interesting just during the different people have spoken, it's words. And uh, in this particular encounter, it was really, um, there wasn't a word spoken so anything that it was like Jesus, like, you know, you know, what do you love about me? It was just like he just pointed to my heart. Wow. So sometimes it's just like it may not be words. It may not be pictures. It may be just like to think, oh, I didn't get words. None of it. And that's through that the whole time. And that would be unusual for me. So no words. How did it, that's beautiful. How did it make you feel when he's like, what do you love about me? And he, and he pointed to your heart. Well, <laughs> I'm going to answer a question you haven't asked right first. <laughs> first, God has me in this place of just learning to rest my mind mm. and not think wow. so things. So to have no words. Mm. Um, so now the question you did ask. <laughs> you know, that that's all it's about. It's always about our heart. It's always about our relationship with, with him. And um, it's not about doing. It's not about... What you know, it's just it's just your heart. His heart for you and our heart for him. So good. 
you. I love what she said. God's teaching me to um, relax my mind. Is that what you, what you said? Rest, rest, yeah, rest my mind. That actually so often when it comes to hearing from God, especially in these kind of contexts, our mind is the one going, that couldn't have been God. Don't, no, that's not him. And you, you, you kind of shut, shut it down, right? And I feel like actually there's an invitation for us to, to rest our minds and allow him to encounter our hearts. And I ask you to take out a piece of paper because we're going to do something else. And it's just another encounter with, with what, um, what God feels about you. But actually what I'd love for you to do is to write a love letter. You're going to write yourself a love letter from you and God. So if some of the stuff in there feels like it's from you, that's okay. And if some of the things just feel like they're from God, that's okay. But it all has to be good things. Because his thoughts about you are good. So you're going to ask him for, for a love letter for you. And you're just going to start writing things down. And for me, one of the first ways I was really learning to hear God just for myself was through writing and through journaling. And I remember thinking, I've got to be making this up and actually going back a long time later and going, wow, I didn't know anything, but this totally was the heart of God and seeing the things I'd written down happen and amazing stuff. So I'm just going to pray for you. And then I'd love for you to start writing that letter. You're going to write kind things to yourself. I think often we need to learn to be nice to ourselves. <laughs> God, I, I just thank you for your voice. God, I thank you for speaking truth and your love over us. you love to, to, to bathe us with your liquid love to speak loving words over us and Father I just pray that, that you would show us in this how you see us and you'd allow us to see ourselves through your eyes the lies we believed about who we are about our significance and about our purpose would be broken in your name through the truth that you speak to us share this the other day but there's a song by Pink and it, it says change the voices in your head make them like you instead change the voices in your head make them like you instead and I, I really feel the presence of God on those lyrics but so often we can, we can unintentionally beat ourselves up like that thing of going through what you could have done better at the end of the day instead of what was good you think actually I don't deserve love enough because of this, this or this but imagine, imagine seeing yourself right now in two ways of, of actually seeing the way you speak to yourself imagine that's how you spoke to a friend imagine that's how you spoke to your child somebody you care about how good would your relationship be? how good would your relationship be? Do you have a good relationship with yourself? Some, sometimes we actually need to go back and say, you know what, Ruth, I'm sorry. Like, I had such a high standard for you. I love myself. Actually, I love myself. I'm going to see myself through God's eyes. I'm going to have grace for myself. 
actually want us to say that I love myself. I want us to say that like we mean it. One, two, three. I love myself. Some of you are like, it, actually, for some of you, it feels really wrong to say that. Some of you feels like I'm in church and I'm saying I love myself. That doesn't feel right. But actually, God is breaking down um, some things that you've been taught over your whole life right now. I said yesterday in church that he calls you his beloved. That is your job to be loved. But if you, if you think I'm not worth love and you don't love yourself, then any love you receive from God or people is like you're a bucket with a hole in the bottom and it goes straight out because you don't think you're worth it. Love others like you love yourself, right? You're supposed to love yourself so that you can pour out to others. You'll only be able to love God and others as much as you love yourself. So you serve the world by loving yourself what Becca said that her receiving his goodness every day enabled her to be a blessing to the world you receiving his love for you enables you to be a blessing we love because he first loved us we have to be in a place where we receive that love and that means we come into an agreement with his love so father I thank you for a blanket of love in this room God, I thank you that the encounter realm is wide open right now. God, I just speak to minds and I just say, be at peace in Jesus' name. Yeah, speak to any confusion. I just say, be at peace in Jesus' name. Father, I just speak to hearts right now and I speak to them to come alive in the name of Jesus. God, would you come and kiss hearts awake today and say, it's time to arise, it's time to wake up, it's time to believe what I've said about you since before the world began. <laughs> and start taking out your piece of paper and just start, start writing kind things. Holy Spirit, would you guide our hands? Father God, would you speak?
guys can continue to work on these at home, or, um, maybe even towards the end. But I want to have um, Martin from our team come up, and he's going to share just how how significant an impact you can have in prayer when you do it from a place of encounter. I shared I shared yesterday, I think, maybe in one of the services that. John 15:5 says, those who abide in me will bear much fruit. It doesn't say those who try really hard, those who pray the right prayers, those who make sure they say everything in the right way will bear much fruit. It says those who abide in me. And what we're doing right now is we're, we're learning to abide in him. And the amazing thing is you can ask him these questions as you're driving. You can ask him these questions as you sit at your desk at work and you can just write a note to yourself. You're loved. <laughs> Fill the up. I'm so beautiful. <laughs> You're getting ready in the morning. I'm God's workmanship. Check me out. <laughs> but you're, it's a culture of, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to believe truth about myself, but I'm going to know I have, a cons, I have constant access. Jesus, that the veil is torn, right? The veil is torn. We have constant access. Which means we can do it in this place and we can take time with him. We can do it when we're driving along and, and we can worship him and we can, we can invite him in and we can ask him questions. You know, one of the most important things I learned in my relationship with God was to ask him questions. One of the most important things I learned with reading the Bible was to ask him questions. So I'd just be like, why am I, I'm, I'm reading this, and I know it's important, but I was struggling to get things out of it until I invited Holy Spirit to read it with me and ask him questions. Like, what does this mean? Okay, I ask him questions all the time. We can be in constant dialogue. But it comes from, do you see how that's abiding in him? And you'll have encounters like this, and you'll change the world through something you do with him. But rather than it being from this heavy burden place, it's like, oh, Papa, I'm with you. What are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. Papa God, what's on your heart? And he'll just show you things. He'll show you things about nations, and you'll change things. <coughs> but isn't this a beautiful place for it to come from? Do you see how this is a place of sonship and grace? As opposed, as opposed to um, as opposed to a place of striving and a place where it feels like a burden. So let's just hear Martin's got an amazing story on this. Hello, oh, awesome. Uh, for a few, uh, I guess it was for a month ago, uh, I headed over to the prayer chapel at Bethel, and I actually just want to go in and pray, J just <laughs> hang out with Daddy God. And I was just laying down on the floor soaking. And, and suddenly I saw myself in a, in a huge room. I saw there was a lot of people there and I saw people were standing in line. And suddenly I knew, wow, this is, a, this is a really important meeting of some sort. And I see them voting for something. So I was laying there and I saw the back of people's head and I was standing in the back of the room. And suddenly I saw Jesus coming on my right side. And he was whispering, Martin, it would be a great idea if you start praying now. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Pray for the godly men to be voted in. 
That's a great prayer. I agree on that. So I started praying and I saw myself in the back of that room dancing and worshiping and praying that out. And the people that was in front of me then didn't even see me. So, uh, and I've, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. And I figured out, gosh, it's time to get home. I'm hungry. <laughs> so I headed home, made dinner, and then I realized, hey, this is cool. I felt I was in a room where people were voting for something really, really important. Let's head over to my friend Google. So I Googled a bit, and I fi- ended up fi- finding out that there was a meeting in Canada in some beautiful city that I have no clue what it's called. At that exact, exact uh, oh, gosh, I wrote in my journal when I had that experience at the Prairie Chapel. And at the same time, in Canada, there was uh, an election for a new mayor. <laughs> at the same time, and the same date. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can do amazing things by just laying on the floor and hanging out with Daddy God. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that blow your mind? It's like, oh, I'm in this place where... So you said you just went there to hang out with Papa God. Yeah. And when you're having this, this encounter, how did it, can you describe, like, was it in your imagination? Or what, like, how, did it, how did it feel? <laughs> it was just in my imagination. I just suddenly, <laughs> I just suddenly saw a really vivid picture of just while I was living on the, or laying on the floor. And it seems really, really real. Yeah. I just wanted to ask because sometimes we hear somebody say, I had a vision, and we go, wow, you know, that's cool. I've never had that, but you probably have. You just didn't know what it was because you're picturing things in your mind and you think, that's got to be me making it up. But it's this, once you have this partnership with him and you realize, oh, he's a good dad. And when I ask him for good gifts, he gives gifts to his children because that's what, that's what he says. You actually believe that you're doing something when you partner and you go home and you check and you find out, I just prayed for an election that I didn't know was happening because I partnered with Papa God. I'm going to have my team come up really fast. And um, we're just going to, um, we're going to speak a little bit of significance and destiny over a few people. And Pastor Rennie, if you want to come up as well, I know you had had a word on this and you can do some of the transition stuff. And then we're going to go back into asking God a bit more about our significance. If you can just give, um, guys, give a, a individual or um, a word for the intercessory group, David's army over here. <laughs> Who's starting? <laughs> oh, I didn't turn you on. Hun? I like how you say it in Norway. No, is that how we say it in Norway? Yeah. Should we all learn that? 
Hallo. Äh. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I was asking God for for a word of the intercessory group here. And I, I don't know, I got, just got a thought of, uh, I don't know, where to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just got a feeling that this is a huge group of kids hanging out with Papa God out shopping. <laughs> and I saw like, the, you guys like, you know when parents um, are expecting a new, ch- or expecting a child? Like, they're starting shopping tiny clothes, tiny socks, tiny um, stuff. And I feel like this group of intercessors, like, <laughs> it's like you're out shopping with Daddy God, like finding, ah, a blue, a pink one, and just preparing for people to enter into childlikeness again. Mm. Yeah, so like, I don't know, and the bill is on God, so you don't need to worry about paying. So just... <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah, release that. <laughs> Great. It was, it was really fun, actually, because I saw the Lord just kind of encountering a lot of people. Uh, but specifically, there's a woman right over here. Just, yeah, there you are. Um, you can go ahead and stand up. What's your name? Julie? Yeah, I just saw actually like a rain shower over you, just the Lord's acceptance. I just felt like the Lord was saying, you're such an accepted daughter. That you're perfect. That you're wonderful. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Ah, you're doing such a great job, Julie. Bless you. So my hands are tingling, which actually mean that there's angels in the room. Just letting y'all know. (laughs) Usually when they tingle, God's like, the angel's in the room. But anyway. um, (laughs) Wow. So I actually feel like, to um, piggyback on the painting, I actually feel like your intercession is like a painting, and the Lord sees that each one of you has your own specific color, and as a church, you're actually creating a masterpiece um, in the intercession, with your intercession, like in the spirit realm, you're actually painting this this masterpiece, and the Lord looks at it, and it's just like, oh, they're so beautiful. And I love their church because their mm. prayers are so beautiful. And they're like incense before wow. me. And he, and wow, I actually feel like you're, each one of you has your own scent to the Lord. Mm. And when he, when he comes to mind, which is always, he always smells you and he always mm. sees your color. And it's like, he just loves you. He's in love with you. He's madly in love with you Come as on. a church and as individuals. So good. Actually, uh, on on that a little bit, um, I remember yesterday, and I, I feel like it makes more sense finding more about this group, but I remember being like, God, there is such a depth to this church. And I felt like, like, you're, like I think I shared yesterday, but that your roots go so deep as a church, and that there is this, this depth of intimacy and knowing him, but faithfulness too, and that, that, that identity thing that God is doing. And, but I do feel like there's this, there's this depth. And that, it, that he's now just taking the lid off, and that thing that was gone really deep is about to go really high. And um, I, I feel like God wants to commend what you're doing here. Because the fact that you have, how many is it in David's army? You have fi- is about 50? Around that? 
you have that many people that are committed to praying for what God is doing in your church is phenomenal. That, that's actually, that's, we go to a lot of churches, that's, that's not a very normal thing. And not only are you committed to praying for what God is doing in your church, but you're praying for each other. And, and faith and prayer is what moves heaven, right? Faith is the currency that moves heaven. So your prayers are, are moving heaven. So, so much has happened with these prayers. It's about to explode. But I really feel like God wants to commend your faithfulness. And actually, specifically, the network and the structure that you've built to host his presence within the intercessory group is, I think, is a phenomenal system. And um, can, could you just stand up for me, Jane and Mary Lee, together? Yeah. Actually, I felt something really strongly for the two of you. Actually, I'd love for you guys to come up the front. Like, I like that you did that. <laughs> I actually saw you guys come in front, and I feel like both of you have a real um, um, ability. If you guys, we can just surround them, but an ability to encounter God, and um, and it's really easy for you both to encounter God, and and you have this depth and rich history with Him, and I felt like um, you are gifts to this body because your ability to encounter him is becoming a corporate reality. And what's been a personal victory for both of you actually for many, many years is now becoming a corporate breakthrough that's not just going to impact people here, but it's going to impact people out on the streets. As we carry that breakthrough of encounter, it goes out and it goes out. So I even felt like um, there's something on you both to do, even like soaking, encounter nights, like, or just however that looks, of beginning to incorporate more of that. And people are going to have the most intense encounters and change many, many things through that, but it's this deep relationship with God. And, and from there, they're going to they're see someone they're going to meet, and they're going to go out, and they're going to see them get saved and one for Jesus and have visions of dreaming with him in that place. So I just want to bless both of you guys, and I want to bless the partnership. I feel that like there's a real partnership that God is breathing on, and it's both of you have mother's hearts. And I feel like God... God is really raising you up because the mother's hearts that you carry make this whole realm safe. Wow. Wow, you make his presence safe. <laughs> so we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. And thank you for what you're doing. Jesus. You bless you. I, I think I have a word for you. Is that legal? Okay. <laughs> this is what it feels like. <laughs> Would you just stand up? Thanks. Um, sorry. Um, uh, I was praying this morning in just the normal way that I pray. I, I go through a, a liturgical cycle and I read. And, um, and in my readings, there's a commemoration for a saint each day. And actually, today is the commemoration of Martin of Tours. Are you familiar with Martin of Tours? Okay. <laughs> um, he was uh, roughly fourth century, and he was um, he was brought up in a pagan household. He didn't know the Lord, and he went into the army. His father conscripted him into the army. And one day, when he was uh, coming to the gate of a city in the in France, he saw a beggar. And um, the beggar was almost unclothed, like it was very cold. And so what Martin did was he took his sword off. He had a big sword because he was a soldier. He cut his cloak in two, and then he put the cloak on the beggar. And, um, and that night he had a dream. 
and uh, in his dream, he saw Jesus with the cloak on. And he recognized that he had clothed Christ. And so he, that very day, he, he, he gave his life to Christ and he was baptized. And the, the heritage of Martin is a heritage of courage. Because in, interesting, um, even though he was a, even though he was a, um, he was a soldier, he left the army. Uh, because he said uh, on the day of his um, salvation, he said, I've served Caesar, and now it's time for me to serve Christ. And so um, later on, as he was sent to a, a town uh, north in uh, Gaul, in France, um, there were pagans around, and he was a strong evangelist. And so as he was uh, preaching the gospel, he was preaching against the gods of the, of the, of the places where he was. <laughs> Man, I wish I knew how to do that. <laughs> and um, in, in, in one particular case, um, there was a tree and this, tri- this tribe of people, they, they worshipped this tree because they were pagans. And he said, we've got to cut down the tree because you, uh, you need to worship Jesus. He's the true God. And they said to him, um, if you will lay down where the tree will fall, then we'll cut the tree down. And so they bound him, actually, uh, on the ground where the tree was going to go down. And it said, I mean, I, it, the, the legend is that as the tree was about to fall, he made the sign of the cross, and the tree missed him, and the whole tribe came to Christ. And um, so I read that this morning, and I had just met you the night before, and I thought, this is, a, this is Martin's heritage, that there's a... a a heritage of uh, of courage on you, very specifically courage. So I just want to pray that for you, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Lord, I, I thank you for the gift. That's uh, it's just more than a singular gift. It comes through uh, a spiritual line, and it's a it's a, a heritage of courage. And so Lord, we release into Martin this uh, gift that he's already received. We just ask Lord that you'd unpack it. And I see you giving this gift, uh, imparting courage to many, (laughs) to many, many young men that you uh, are an imparter of courage because you have it as a gift and you get to give it away. So Lord, release that courage in and through Martin in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jane said that was so good I could do the offering now. So, uh, <laughs> um, if we could have some light. Yeah. Those prophetic words were words of, um, they're words of destiny. I mean, that, was, that word was spot on for Martin. It was death. Just to explain really fast, if some of you are unfamiliar with what Martin is doing, it's uh, <laughs> sometimes manifesting and uh, people people uh, encounter God in all different ways, right? So, so we have we God spoke to us in different ways. We um, we some of us heard His voice, some of us saw things, some of us felt like Patrick was saying, feel tingling. Some of us felt peace. But actually, God wants us to to encounter Him with all of our senses, right? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And He's a, He's a dad that wants us to to have encounters and experiences. 
And sometimes some of us, we're just really surrendered to the presence of God and to God. We, can, we feel him in different ways. Some people don't feel him physically, but they just they feel a peace in their hearts. And sometimes people feel like a tingling on their hands or they, they feel different sensations or feel like, oh, something's knocking me back. And it's nothing to be afraid of because everything that comes from God is good, right? Because he's a good God. But it's just different experiences that we can have with Papa God. Um, how many of you would like, to, would like to actually try really fast and just to experience God in a different way? Actually, okay, everybody who, who'd like to, would you stand up for me? I'm going to do something. There's, again, nothing. We're just going to try something. I'm just going to help you understand a little bit and see what happens. And I'm just going to have a little experiment, okay? God is here. You guys are safe. You guys are good. And I'd love for you to just partner up really fast. And Becca, why don't you come up here because you can help me demonstrate. And um, see, I just, I just believe that, that God is a God that wants us to, to know him in all different ways. So we're just going to do a little experiment, okay? So have you got, guys got a partner? Pretty much. Anybody still need a partner? Raise your hand and I'll make sure I partner you up. There's a couple of, there's two guys. You found each other? One person at the back? Patrick, do you want to go back? That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So, can you guys see us? Pretty much? Okay. So you're going you're gonna to stand with each other and one of you is going to put your hands out like this. And one of you is going to put your hands over the top, okay? And then you're just going to say together, Come Holy Spirit, okay? Come Holy Spirit. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're just going to become aware of his presence. So as I said, it's, he's always available, but we can, we can actually encounter his presence and we can sometimes feel his presence. And sometimes that might feel like a weight, like sometimes the glory in the Bible is described as like a weighty glory, it might feel kind of like a tingling, like Patrick said. It might feel like a heat. It might be God just giving you, just, just, it's just him showing you, no, I'm here. I'm here. I want you to experience different ways. So what you're going to do is start, just ask him. And if you feel some more, you can say, thank you, God. Please, can I have some more? <laughs> and just share with each other what you're feeling. You can try moving your hands up and down. You can take a turn being on the front, the top, and the bottom. And, <laughs> and just talk about it. And as somebody tells you their experience, you actually get to, to go into their experience with them. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. What do you think? Wow. I feel like a lot of heat. <laughs> Sometimes it feels kind of like a magnet. Sometimes it feels cold. You can try moving it up and down and seeing how that feels. You just, we're just experimenting. <laughs> quick, quick mini teaching on that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just, just as for us to take a quick rain check. Every, everybody, rain check is probably not the right word. I don't know. Everyone look at me a second. Who, which groups are feeling something? You, you felt anything going on there? Just wave nice, both, both hands. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. That wasn't too scary, right? <laughs> That's awesome. You guys can have a seat. We can, we can explore more of that. But <laughs> From Oliver, I like that. <laughs> I heard. 
No, you, you, you go for it. I'm trying to teach people with the English accent. You're, you're, you're all fine. We can, we can quote Oliver. <laughs> but you see, you see how that thing is. You, you're just, he wants you to know him and he wants to know you. <laughs> and there's all different things that happen in his presence. Sometimes we start feeling tingling on our body. It's just him saying, hey, Ruth, I'm here. I love you. I like it because I just like to be aware that he's with me, right? So that you can become aware of at any point. You'll see us, we have our hands open a lot. And it's, again, it's nothing magical. It's just like, God, we surrender to you. And often we can feel him. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel God, like Patrick was saying. So that was just a little freebie. That's all we do. You guys can experiment anytime. Remember, thankfulness leads to increase. So whatever you thank him for will just increase. So in that scenario, you can be like, thank you, Jesus. And you just try different things, right? Okay. I just wanted to um, talk a little bit about, as we end, um, how when we, when, when we feel the freedom of God, and you can carry on experimenting. I like that. <laughs> I was she's, like, she's just checking things out. <laughs> so these feel heavy. That happens. You keep going. Don't, don't feel like you have to um, behave well on my account. I want you to have an encounter with God. So... If you start laughing, if you have things going on, like you just carry on, right? I'm only I'm only talking so you get to know him better anyway. That's my that's my whole goal. When when we know that we are significant, I talked about this. When we know that we are loved, when we know we're sons and daughters, when we know we're God's workmanship, we expect him to do incredible things through our lives. We expect, okay, if he made me, he didn't just make me by accident. Like my God doesn't make mistakes which means I'm here for a reason, I'm here for a purpose, there's something significant that God has called me to, and actually that's the place of freedom, right? That's the place of freedom, I just shared really briefly yesterday, how Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, so do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, and then in, how, in Romans 8.15, it says do not become a slave again to fear, but instead you cry out, Abba, Father. You receive a spirit of sonship and you cry out, Abba, Father. It's saying fear and slavery go in one thing. The orphan spirit, people who don't know they have enough, they don't know they're loved by Daddy God, on one side. Sorry, my mic. And uh, it's, the, it's the opposite to those who know their sons, know those who know they're loved, those who know they're free, and therefore those who are fully themselves. Right? Okay, so what's going on right there? Okay, so... When we know we're free, when we know we're significant, we have really big dreams. If you turn with me, I'm gonna, we're going to look at Psalm 126. This is not working, is it? Let's see. Uh, actually, I think, I, think it's, I think it's good. I think I got it. just needed to play with it a little more. Psalm 126. You guys there? Pretty much? Yeah? <laughs> you guys are like, oh, we're there. We're ready. Okay. When, Psalm 126. Uh, Psalm 126. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need a board. I'm going to write it. It says, When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion. Okay, basically that's saying freedom. When they were set free, okay? When they went back to Zion, when they were free, we were like men who dreamed. Or some versions say we were like men who dreamed again. Free people dream. See, that thing we've been talking about, that identity is, as loved sons and daughters, that freedom 
means that you dream because you know there's something significant on your life. Right? See, whatever you have the capacity to dream about with God, you actually have the capacity to see manifest through your life. See, if you're dreaming with God about seeing a city saved, seeing Indianapolis saved when you're with him, then actually you have that capacity to see that come, come about through your life. That's why you're dreaming about it. Some of you are like, what? I had some big dreams I didn't know about. <laughs> when the Lord brought back the captive design, we were like men who dreamed again. I want to encourage you to, to make dreaming a regular activity you do with Papa God. I want to encourage you to dream with him, to allow him to dream through you, to ask him what's on his heart. Like One of the things I did a long time ago, or well, it wasn't that long ago, but a couple of years ago, it seems like a long time, was write down um, 100 dreams. I now have about 180. I add to them all the time, and I make them bigger. Um, and I wrote things on there like, I want to go to Italy, I want to go to Hawaii, I want to get married and be an amazing wife, I want to be an amazing mom, I want to ride a camel, I would like to own a boat, I want to see a million people saved, I'd like to see 100,000 people get out of wheelchairs, like, I, I, you know, I want to see angels with my physical eyes, I'd like to see blind eyes open, deaf ears, like, all these things, right? So we've got all, a big variety, from fun things, to riding a camel, to owning a boat, to locations things I want to be, like an amazing mom, you know? And what that does is, first of all, it gets you dreaming. And as you dream, it, it, it re-emphasizes your freedom and your significance because you're acting on it. Does that make sense? It's like, like, like what says that faith, we, we need, faith needs to be activated, right? So faith is actually the stepping out and doing something. We say a Bethel, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled risk, right? It's actually doing something. Martha does this great. But that, that thing of, like, okay, I'm going to step into my freedom, which means I'm going to dream and I'm going to write them down. And actually, I'm going to invite people into my life to hold me accountable to greatness. See, sometimes we're, we're afraid of greatness, and I've actually been on this journey myself of embracing the greatness of my life. Because often we're actually afraid of being great. We're afraid of standing out. We're afraid of actually the light that God has put inside of us. Like, what could that look like? So this journey of embracing greatness. So I have people in my life that hold... Because we have accountability, right? And we often hear the phrase accountability, and we think that means people hold us accountable for not doing things wrong, right? Okay, I have this problem in my life. Can you keep me accountable so that I'm not doing that? But actually, accountability, I think, sh should, should be that, but it should also be... It should be holding you accountable to the greatness on your life holding you accountable to who, who you actually are in God, which means, yeah, you're not going to do those things, but you're going to walk out something really great. So I have people in my life going, Ruth, what are you dreaming about right now? Remember this summer, I was, was going to travel around the UK, but I was so excited about what I was going to do when I got back to Reading that I wasn't even dreaming. And my friend was like, Ruth, what are you dreaming about for right now? Because you, you, can, you can impact a nation. Are you believing for that? See, I, I want friends in my life that hold me accountable to the greatness of my life and I get to do the same with. And if I'm living a standard that is below it, I want them to call me out on it and say, Ruth, you're better than that. You're born and destined for greatness. So I start inviting people in and telling them, hey, these are my dreams. These are my dreams. Can you, can you help me with them? Can you, can you talk to me through them? Can, see, with, with our interns, we want to know their dreams so that we can create opportunities for them to walk in them. 
so that we can have equipment. So, so dream buddies and partners so that you can say, that's your dream. That's amazing. I want to partner with that. Does that make sense? And then we're just going to carry on reading Psalm 126, and then we're going to do something on these dreams. But um, it goes on. It says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Do you guys realize the progression? They were set free. They dreamed. People that are dreaming are really quite happy people. Right? Because <laughs> they have hope. You can't dream if you don't have hope. If you're living constantly out of place of disappointment, you're not dreaming, it's shutting dreaming down, but Jesus came to give you hope. So they're happy people, and that's actually God's salvation plan for the nations, because it says, then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. See, sometimes we think seriousness is a fruit of the Spirit, especially when we pray. <laughs> We're like, right, I'm going to pray really good, really serious, and then God's going to do something. But the last time I checked, joy was a fruit of the Spirit. Last time I checked, it says that he's seated in heavenly places and he laughs. It even says that their mouths were filled with laughter when they were set free. Last I heard, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and really sad seriousness. Oh, no, 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 joy. Joy is actually quite a big deal. I love, there's, there's a guy called George Banoff. He says, religion came to make the world holy but not happy. It says, the world wants to make people happy but not holy. He says, Jesus came to make us both. Came to make us holy and happy people. <laughs> he actually did. But it comes from that, okay, I'm free, I'm a dreamer. So I'm filled with joy. And then what is going to happen? The nations are going to stop and look. Because people aren't attracted to... Uh, right? People, people, I want people to look at me and go, I want what she has. See, if Jesus came to give us life and life to the full, it doesn't look like everything is terrible. That's not what life and life to the full looks like. Right? That's not attractive. Joy is attractive. I love happy people. I'm like, I want to play with you. I want to be around you. You're fun. <laughs> it comes to this place of dreaming. So I want us to, I want us to take a minute, and we're gonna. I want you to get out a piece of paper again. Sorry, I'm making you write a lot today. You guys can keep this, and this is just things that you can do at home. But I want to encourage you to write out a hundred dreams. Not right now. Don't worry. Something. I saw some massive eyes of like, you don't want me to go home tonight, like. <laughs> over the next week or two, <laughs> I hadn't finished. And I'd, I'd actually love for you to keep each other accountable within your, within your groups or within your friendship groups and say, how's that going for you? How's your dreaming going? And some of you will write down five dreams and you'll get stuck. And this, this will happen. That's okay. Just ask, just get in the presence of God, invite him in and, and, and start dreaming. But some of you, it will almost be like dating yourself again where you're like, I need to figure out what I like. Actually, some of us have forgotten what makes us come alive. But this process is going to show you this is what you were born for and this is what makes you come alive. So just for one minute, I'm just going to pray for you. And I want you to write down a couple of your dreams. So, Father, I just thank you for your grace and your freedom that is in the room. <laughs> wow. Can you just say freedom with me? 
Freedom! Actually, can you stand up and say freedom with me? One, two, three. Freedom! Can you say it one more time? Freedom! Wow. <laughs> you guys... Wow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you guys can have a seat a second. <laughs> God, I thank you for, for your presence in the room. In his presence, there is fullness of... <laughs> so Joy's okay. <laughs> it's cool. It's in his presence. Sometimes we read that and we bring... In his presence, there is halfness of joy. Or there's a little bit of joy. Or there's a little bit of joy under the surface, maybe, in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. I like that. Anyways, I would love you to write down a couple of dreams. Or start thinking about a couple of dreams. Or asking him to start dreaming through you. And I want you to think about the question of what if you're not just dreaming for you? What if you're dreaming for a generation to come? What if you're dreaming for a city? What if you're dreaming for nations? This isn't a selfish thing. Like... Actually, you being fully alive serves the world, like Becca said. And he wants to show you how good he is. And then you have a testimony of the goodness of God that is going to leak on people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What we're going to do, actually, as we write that down, is I would love really fast to hear a couple of people's dreams. Because what it does is it shows us what people... What, what, our, what our family is believing for. Because you'll get a revelation in a second of, oh my goodness, they want that and they want that. And you often do this and people's dreams start to intertwine. And one is a key for another dream. Or someone will stand up and say, I have a dream to do this. And you'll go, I know how to help you with that. That's why we, we share our dreams. We, and when we hear each other's dreams, there's, there's a tendency to say, I'm not going to share my big dream because they're going to think I'm prideful and arrogant. And it's not true. Because if we say, you know what, we're born for greatness and we all agree, then we can celebrate someone's dream. And instead of saying, don't think you could do that, we say, I so believe in you. I want to champion you in that. I'm not going to compare my dream. If you knew who you were, you'd never be jealous of anyone else. If you knew what God wanted to do through you, you'd never want somebody else's destiny. Let's hear a couple of a couple of people's dreams. And, and I want you guys just to stand up. Yeah, Go, you can yell it out if we can see if people can hear. Come on, that's amazing! Let's just celebrate his dream. That's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's just get. We'll just keep going. Just stand up and yell out your dream. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I love what she did because instead of just saying one day maybe, she made a declaration. I'm going to see. The Bible says the faith comes through hearing. And, so, and that life and death is in the power of the tongue, which means we can actually speak life. We can actually prophesy over our destiny using our words because your words carry more authority than you know. So we actually, there's a saying that says that, that our, our, our words seed the clouds of our future. 
that we actually get to prophesy over our lives and that's what's going to pour down on us. Have you ever noticed those people that are constantly negative and bad things always seem to happen to them? And then there's other people that walk around and everything seems to be rosy all the time and it's crazy because they're attracting favor and influence. Because they are speaking life. Your words, you can speak life or death and so often we focus on don't speak death but we forget that we can speak life. So I want you to declare it and then faith comes to your hearing. I'm going to change the world in whatever way you're going to do it. Does that make sense? So let's hear a few more. Come on. Yes, 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 yes. Love that. Come on. Go for it and then we'll get there. Come on. Can you say, I'm going to see. I'm going to see a major revival start here in Indianapolis, and I'm going to be a major player in it. Yes, you are. Come on. Come on. Who was it over here? Yeah, go for it. Come on. Yes, you are. That's awesome. You are a joy releaser. Like, just sitting there, like, it's pretty obviously, but you, it's bigger than you know. Like what you do is actually, is actually bigger than you know, and you're a huge atmosphere shifter. So you being in any room shifts the atmosphere. Like every atmosphere. It's not, it's not just what you do, but you carry an ability to release freedom. So I just bless that. Come on. Yes. So good. Yes. She said, just for everyone to hear, she said, I'm going to open a coffee shop that attracts people to the light and they come out from darkness and they come into the light. I mean, yes, you are. We love that. We love that dream. And she can just keep going. Yeah, go for it. Yes, you are. Come on. Can we just say together, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We just agree with that. It's totally on your life. Actually, as you stood up, I felt like God said you're right on time for your destiny. And that that's not just a word for you, but that's a corporate word, that you are right on time for your destiny. And some of you are thinking, I'm too late for that dream, and it's a lie. You are right on time for your destiny. That you're sitting here today for a reason, you are right on time. Even as a church, you are right on time for your destiny. You're exactly where you need to be to, as a, a position for influence. You are right on time. Come on. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I love that. I'll just do a couple more. Some of you have got like a beating in your heart and you've never shared this with anybody and you feel really nervous too. And if that's you, I'd love for you just to stand up and... That's you. Go for it. I think there's a couple... Go for it. Wow. And influence a nation 
come on. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Do you know, when you stood up, I actually felt like God was saying, not just for you, but actually there's an anointing right now to call lost children home. So if you have a, a, lo- a lost child, in your, as in somebody that you want to come home to know Jesus, and they don't yet know Jesus, and you're a parent, could you please stand up? Because I feel like there's an anointing right now. And actually, I'd love for you to pray as you release that dream. Because it's not just for you. It's, a, it's uh, I don't know where the mic is, but that's okay. You can just, you can just pray without it. And we're just, oh, sweet. That was me. I put that there. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so... Heavenly Father, I believe in your goodness. Mm. Wow. I believe in your faithfulness. Mm. Your faithfulness is our shield and our rampart. And God, we trust in you. For your namesake, you will bring back these children yeah. from far away places, wow. from lost places, from dark, cloudy places from muddled places, Mm. from crawl spaces. Father, I ask you to release angels to go and fetch these children from the far places. Thank you, Jesus. There's no pit too deep. Come on. There's no darkness too dark. Wow. You shine like the noonday sun. And I call out that power to be released over these children to return. I speak to your spirits. Come back. Yeah. Come back. Come back to your first love. Yeah. Come back to the truth. Come back to that place that you thought was too good to be true, but it's yeah. true. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Full of love. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we just call them home. We just call home the sons and daughters. And I also felt like God wanted to say over the parents in the room that you've not failed. And you have not let them down. And actually, he was removing shame from you. And some of you have carried that around as, it, as if it was your fault. But, but God is saying, your prayers will never go unanswered. I've heard them, that that burden is not yours, and we call them home in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You guys can, you guys can have a seat. We're going we're gonna to do one more, this young lady in the blue. Come on. Yes, you will. You'll be the best big sister, and a, big sister and a leader to the lost. That's amazing. Do you guys see the freedom that comes when we dream? But do you also see how there's intercession in it? Her dream unlocked something. Like this is, this is partnership. This is, how we can, this is how we pray. This is how we live. And you see the power in it? Just from knowing, oh, I'm loved. So I just want to encourage you to write down those dreams to carry on doing those love letters, to encounter him, to let him take you places in the spirit. And know that you are creating crazy influence. Yeah. Oh, we'd love it. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. That's a good... Come on. Just say, I'm going to take an island off the coast of Honduras for Jesus. I'm going, just say, I'm going to. I'm going to. 
take come on yes you are that's awesome thank you so much guys bless you guys you, do you want to do anything or are you you guys get it yeah. we just want to say thank you you guys mm. for coming I mean let's honor them thank you thanks we loved it yeah we, yeah yeah not really. All I was going to say was if you didn't get a chance to share your dreams, share it with people around you. Share it with someone next to you. Make sure you take time to share your dreams and invite dream partners in. That's what I was going to say. And if, um, and if specifically uh, you came here tonight because you, you just wanted someone to pray for you and you didn't get it yet, don't leave before you get it. So yeah. come on forward. We'll have some people up here praying. Gather with people that you came with to pray, okay? And yeah. I'll just pray us out. How about that? That's awesome. Okay. Uh, can I share one other really sorry, really quick thing? Yes, you can. I'm really sorry. One I sorry know. thing? One sorry thing. I was saying sorry at the same time. I am, I know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm interrupting you as you pray to close. I know. All I, all I was going to say is actually when you said people come for prayer, I really felt um, both Becca and I were sharing those stories of um, long-term conditions. And I really feel a grace in the room for um, long-term conditions to be healed. So please don't... Don't go without that. That's you. Right, okay. Um, so we'll, we'd love to pray for you. And also, everybody in this room basically is great for praying. So bring people up. We want to activate you. Pray with the people around you as well. But we're more than, we'd love to pray for you too. So it's grace. And um, not, not, just, not just physical yeah. conditions. You can see depression, anxiety, issues like that. Yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. Any long Let's stand. So, Lord, thank you for your goodness here tonight, for your goodness always and in all places. We thank you for the Holy Spirit uh, shed abroad in our hearts this very evening. We just ask now for an increase and a continuation of the work of your Holy Spirit in us and through us. So, Lord, bless us even more with the glory of God falling and send us in peace. In Jesus' name, amen.